Hi, this is Matt Cooley, host of the podcast Upside Downside, where we explore what it takes to be the best finance business partners possible. I'm a finance business partner myself and former president of the New York City chapter of Financial Executives International. Prepare to meet professionals on the front lines of value creation and hear their stories. If you would like to suggest a future guest for this podcast or be a guest yourself, please reach out. Now on to today's podcast. Please welcome Andrei Shuskachevich, President and CEO of Financial Executives International. Hey, Andrei. How are you, Matt? I'm doing, yeah, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Please tell us about your organization, Andre, and how you came to the role that you have today. Sure. So Financial Executives International is a professional society of senior financial executives. Uh, and we're an 88-year-old organization. And when you think back to what formed this group, and it's similar to the times we're facing now, uh, you know, economic challenges, uncertainty in the global economy, and businesses needed to get together to help you know, not reinvent the wheel and figure out how to uh, work together. So it's a, it's a networking group, a lot of professional development, uh, and a way to advance your career. How I got into this is, um, quite frankly, I answered an ad in a New York Times uh, back <laughs> 20 years ago. That still happens. That still happens. You know, this was <laughs> the late 90s. And um uh, started in FEI back then, uh, you know, was with the organization through a number of different roles for eight years and then went off to become a CEO and some other associations and felt really about three years into my experience with FEI that I love the relationship business. I love the people that are in it. I love the members and, and how they approach their work. So I figured career, you know, a career in association management was for me and been doing it ever since. Oh, that's outstanding. <clears throat> and, and you certainly are a relationship guy. I mean, we've known each other a while, and I can uh, attest to that. What kinds of professionals join FEI these days, and what are the key benefits of membership? And, and do these benefits change if you work for a small versus large organization? Sure. No, great, great question. So um, who are members of FEI? It's senior financial executives. So typical titles would be CFOs, treasurers, controllers, any VP, SVPs, EVP of finance, or you know, assistant controllers, and so on. So we really have that kind of upper echelon of the finance profession that are involved. Um, the benefits of is really the networking aspect is by far and away the number one benefit. So when you look at career management, um, you know, most people start networking when they're looking for a job, but, you know, joining a professional society and being part of that is important when you're, when you are working, right? Because you could give back to the profession in a way and build your network. Uh, large versus small organizations, it, we represent all size organizations, public and private, ranging from 10 million in annual revenue up into, you know, multiple billions. Walmart is an active member, as an example. Uh, so it really, there is something for everyone. We are not industry specific either. We represent all different types of industries. So it really focuses around the finance profession and accounting profession is really our core group of uh, active people. Okay. All right. That's, that's a good clarification. Um, it, in my experience, most people don't really spend much time building their connections or their, I'll say, career resiliency outside of their current roles and, and companies. Um, do you see something similar? And, and why do you think that is? 
Yeah, I, I do see something similar. I mean, you know, people, when you're working, your head's down, doing your job, uh, everything is good, you're employed, you're receiving an income, uh, and you don't think about the next thing in your career. Uh, you might have some aspirations that you want to get a certain cert certification or what have you, but um, you know, from a mobility perspective, I don't see a lot of people really thoughtfully thinking about it. And that's really, um, you know, that's a problem, right? At the end of the day, you know, when you look at some statistics in this profession, the average CFO tenure is under four years, right? In some case, closer to three years. Uh, so there has to be that need for thinking about yourself and your career mobility about it. Um, and, and associations like we are a perfect way to do that and establish a, uh, credibility within the profession. Yeah, you, you raise an interesting point about CFO tenure. Why is it so short, or at least from my perspective, so short? Well, I would say it's a challenging job, and I think it's become more challenging over the last decade. Uh, you know, increased standard, you know, there's been a lot of new standards for companies, both public and private. The regulatory environment, you know, goes back and forth depending on the administration and so on, more rules and responsibilities. And there's complexity in a global economy. So it's a tough job. And what we've seen also is a transition of CFOs not just being accounting related. Uh, we're seeing a lot more people come up into this role through the finance side of education versus accounting and becoming true partners to the CEO. So I think the, the, the expectation and the level of in, involvement of the CFO in companies has really grown over the last decade. Uh, and it just makes for a stressful job and you know people move around uh, as a result. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, this podcast obviously is about finance, <clears throat> excuse me, finance business partners and it, value creation is really central to, uh, you know, to, to their success. Mm -hmm. So um, from your perspective, what makes a strong finance business partner, be it a CFO or, or another title anywhere in the organization? And how has that morphed over the years? I think it moves. Um, so understanding finance and accounting are table stakes for the role. And I think the value creation part is being able to get into strategy, uh, risk management, you know, in all the other areas of operation and have an influence on the organization and, and what it's doing. Uh, so I think that's kind of the value creation piece. And, and really the reason I would say that the CFO role is becoming more of a partner to the CEO, uh, over, definitely over the last decade or so, uh, more so. So it's, it's really moving beyond just your kind of table stakes uh, knowledge that you need to have for, the, for your job. Mm -hmm. well, what about uh, avoiding value destruction? So in my mind, this is the other side of the value creation coin, right? Um, and you know, avoiding value destruction is, is super critical as well. Mm -hmm. um, it seems like this is where those core finance and accounting skills, risk management, et cetera, really come into play. What, what, what's your take on that? Yeah, I, I think they really do come into play there. And, and it's important for this role to not be always uh, looking how to cut costs and, and expense management, right? So that's really where it comes into big, big picture thinking, um, the, you know, the forest from the trees approach to things to, you know, not really do things just for the sake of the short-term numbers, but look at long-term value creation. Uh, and that's a, that's a tricky one, right? Uh, over depending on what the business is, you know, 
calibrating risk tolerance is, is something I think that's important and you'll get a certain perspective, I think from the finance function, who I would categorize as naturally more risk averse versus um, you know, other aspects of an organization. So I think that's, that's a fine line to, to draw, but that's a potential for value destruction uh, if we get too focused on kind of short-term immediate needs, you know, quarterly reporting, that type of stuff versus mm-hmm. big picture investments and you know, a long-term ROI. Yeah, excellent. So I'd like to ask my guests, where is the finance business partner role heading from your perspective and what should people be doing to prepare for that future? Let's say five years out ish. Well, I would say that we will see continued um, involvement on a much higher strategic level of the finance function in organizations. Uh, You're really seeing some, uh, you know, if you just look at reading like the wall street journal, you'll see kind of, the involvement of the CFOs in, in critical business decisions and partners and stuff like that. I would, I would think that's going to um, continue. Uh, I think uh, finance professionals need to be constantly abreast of what's happening in the profession uh, on top of things. They need to be able to really deal with um, people management because you can't know everything, but you have to be able to understand and empower the people around you that are going to be, maybe, you know, technical experts in some aspect of it or, or really specialists. So I think the, the role is going to be much more broader and people focused. So um, developing those soft skills along the way, I think are critical aspects of it. And like I said earlier, I think, you know, understanding accounting and finance is table stakes, right? That's, that's the expectation to get in, but to be able to evolve within the role that becomes more of a, the relationship business, and how do you enroll people into ideas, into you know new direction, and so on, uh, which I think is going to be more and more critical as you know as the world gets more complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I like uh, listening to you uh, answer that is you can get all of these things in a, in an association like Financial Executives International. That's certainly why I joined. A um, little bit of technical training, lots of networking, uh, but you can practice all of these skills. Yeah. You know, when, when I sit in on some of our meetings of members and they'll get together, um, you know, same titles, similar size organizations, they'll get together for different networking events. But the notion is really not to have to reinvent the wheel, you know, share. There's, you know, a general healthy sharing of practices and how to approach certain problems, even amongst competitors, uh, because it's not competing over products and services and sales. It's really how do we make the best finance function, you know, as efficient and possible and add value to the whole organization. So that type of networking and sharing is critical. And, and, and we complement that with, uh, you know, professional development for not only members that they have access to it, but also their staff, right? Because you want to make sure that if you're a senior financial executive, you are, are, have a lot of people reporting to you and you want to make sure that they're at the top of their game. So uh, an organization like FEI is kind of that avenue for them for continued, continuing education beyond, you know, when, when you're not in school anymore, right? When you're in the work. <laughs> how do you keep yeah, that's a good way to put it. Well, this is super interesting, and I really appreciate you sharing your perspectives today, Andre. Well, it was my pleasure. It was good talking to you, Matt. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And thank you to our subscribers for listening to this episode of Upside Downside. We'll see you next time.